What's going on, everybody? I'm Angelo. I'm your host. Welcome to another episode of the Just Epic Podcast. And today, I'm excited to bring a new thing we're trying to add into here because we've been listening to the reviews, we've been listening to the comments, and everyone is asking for more teachable things, more tangible things to do. So today, for our very first episode of that, I don't even know what we're going to call it yet, but we have Coach Renata talking about meditation. Now, this is very important because this is one of the things that we actually discussed during our um, private group coaching calls. And this specific lesson is uh, Coach Renata actually speaking to some of our group coaching clients. So stay tuned. This is going to be a great episode. If you're new to meditation, if you've done it before, if you want to learn something new about it, this is it. So spend the next few minutes listening to this and take something away from it. We're looking forward to hearing what you say. Enjoy the episode. Thanks. I'm glad that you bring that up because I think a lot of people struggle with what they think they're supposed to do during meditation. So I hope that we can answer some of those questions that you have and help things be easier. And hopefully we'll find some version of meditation that will help you. So looking into like, what is meditation? Just like Jackie was saying, just like how you were saying, it's bringing awareness to whatever your current situation is. And oftentimes you do that through focusing on an object or words or a particular action. And usually for meditation, you, there are four different elements. So the first is having a quiet or a distraction-free location to do it in. The second is being in a comfortable position. It could be sitting or lying down or something maybe in between. Third is having focused attention on, just like we spoke about, an object words or a particular action and then lastly it's having an open attitude so thoughts may come and go through your mind as you're doing it and that's okay just letting things be as they are and continuing on with your meditation so those are essentially the four elements of what every type of meditation has and there are a lot of different types but i think what would be cool is just to go back and talk about the history of meditation so I think oftentimes people think that meditation came from like hippies in the 70s and that's how it came to be and like only like really weirdos do meditation, which is not true at all. Uh, so meditation originated through Hinduism. Um, so way back when in like 1500 BC and it actually started to travel through different parts of Asia as the Silk Road occurred. So the Silk Road are like the trading routes. And so as um, goods were traded throughout different parts of Asia, that's how Buddhism really, or Hinduism really spread throughout different parts of Asia. And then as people traveled throughout the world, that's how it continued to grow. So you actually see over time that different Asian countries start to adopt some of these meditation practices and really um, adapt them for where they are in the world, you know, what their current religion is. So, you know, even in different religions, such as Judaism, or in Christianity, there is some form of meditation. Now, it could be prayer, it could be various different things where they chant, you know, different transcripts or different kinds of things. Um, but essentially, it's utilizing the same kind of idea of what meditation is, just in different ways. So it's really cool to see how that um, occurred way back when and how it's come up till now. And you may have noticed that in recent times, you're seeing a lot more people talk about meditation or talk about mindfulness. And what I really think is interesting is why? Why are people talking about these things? So I think more often than not, it's because of the benefits. So looking at the National Institute of Health, they say that some of the benefits are increased calmness, 
more physical relaxation, improving your psychological balance, reducing blood pressure, helping insomnia. I mean, the list goes on and on about what the potential benefits are. But can any of these benefits actually be backed up by science? And this is where things get super interesting. So I actually referred to the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health, which is a, a, an offshoot of the National Institute of Health. And they've done a number of studies and done a number of analysis on different scientific studies to determine that is meditation all it's cracked up to be. So if we look at pain, the issue of pain is really interesting because some people say that meditation can actually help with reducing pain. So I thought this was really interesting. So a 2016 study from the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health looked at adults between the ages of 20 and 70 years old that had chronic lower back pain. And they used two different tactics to try to help these people with their chronic back pain. Uh, one being what they called mindfulness-based mindfulness stress reduction, which is essentially, you know, we're talking about some kind of meditation. And the second is what they called cognitive behavioral treatment. And what that really means is kind of changing the way that you're thinking through a number of like psychological um, uh, repetition. So changing how you're thinking when you do have the pain. And so what was really interesting with both of those two methods is that they saw a similar level of improvement in, in the, the amount of lower back pain that they had. But what was really cool was even after the treatment ended, people found that their lower back pain continued to improve. So i.e. the pain reduced over time and they are actually able to keep this back pain at a lower level for anywhere between six to 12 months after that particular trial was over. So that's really interesting to see how kind of these mind-based um, treatments were able to help people over the long term. And now something else that I had noted before, when you're looking at insomnia or things like anxiety and depression, does meditation help with that? So we're looking at two different reviews that the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health did. One is from 2014. They looked at 47 trials with over 3,500 participants. So that's a lot of people. And what's interesting is that they call it a moderate amount of evidence to show that meditation has helped improve anxiety and depression. So it's not like a full out, this is amazing, like everyone should do it. It's definitely, definitely like more middle ground. So some people see it and some people don't. So that's interesting. Um, but what I also found really interesting was that they said that there's no evidence that it changes any health-related behaviors affected by stress. So what that means is if you're stressed out and you have a secondary behavior that occurs because of that stress, like it could be substance abuse or it could be lack of sleep, meditation showed that it wouldn't necessarily help with those byproducts of stress. So I think that that's really interesting. So while it may help with improving your symptoms of anxiety and depression, if there's any additional behaviors that you're doing, it may not help that. There's another review that they did in 2012 where they looked at 36 different trials and almost 70% of those trials showed that there were better outcomes for people that had anxiety symptoms using meditation than they did with control groups. So that means that they have a group of people that don't do any kind of meditative treatment, then they have a group of people that did. And so for 70% of the people that had the meditative treatment, they actually showed that their anxiety was better. So I find that to be a pretty interesting result from that particular study. But obviously, all these studies are still ongoing. This particular area of medicine is not something that historically has gotten a lot of money. So if there's not a lot of money, there's not going to be a lot of research being done. So it's really interesting to keep checking back and seeing, you know, what does the science prove? 
Um, but what is super interesting for me was that was actually looking at the brain. So how does the brain change during meditation? And there was actually a study that looked at this and took pictures of the brain in a hundred different adults. For 50 of them, they actually were um, people that practiced meditation or learned how to meditate through this particular study and 50 that didn't do anything. And what was really cool was that they actually saw that there were changes in the amygdala. So that's the part of your brain that processes emotion. Now, why is that important? So what is really cool about meditation is that oftentimes you'll hear people talk about how it slows the mind down so that between a trigger and your reaction, you have more time to think about what your reaction is going to be. So if your amygdala is where you process emotion and that area is being affected by meditation, essentially it's slowing it, that period between the trigger and your reaction is getting even longer. So the ability for you to be able to choose your reaction in any given moment is actually being made in that gap. So the studies or the photos of people's brains that were meditating showed that the amygdala is actually changing, which I think is so interesting. And I'm happy to send anyone any information that you would like about these studies because I found it fascinating because I'm a geek, but you know that already. Um, so anyway, so that's what I think is really cool. And then we can kind of go into how does meditation work. But first, I wanted to see if anyone had any questions. Wilbur brought up breathing, like focusing on a certain breathing um, timing. So sometimes it's like a count of X many, breathing in, a hold for X many, and then a breathing out for X many. Um, other things are like transcendental meditation, if anyone's heard of that. That is essentially where you have a particular mantra that only you know, and that's what you repeat over and over to yourself as you meditate. That's really interesting. Um, alternatively, there's like mantra, what they call mantra meditation. So you might have a particular phrase that you continue to say over and over again in a meditation. And then meditation doesn't just mean sitting still. Meditation could be walking, it could be doing yoga, it could be doing Tai Chi. Sometimes having those repetitive movements can really put you in somewhat of a meditative state. So it's really important to note that, you know, just like trying different types of spots, trying different types of meditation could be really helpful for people when they're just getting into it to figure out what works for them. Because just like we always say, everybody is different. So there's a lots of different tools that you can use to start your meditation. And I love a particular, in particular, two different apps. Uh, one is Simple Habit. It's a free app and it has lots of short guided meditation on there as well as like a few little um, like soothing sounds like the sounds of rain falling or the sounds of nature like birds chirping and leaves rustling in the wind, that kind of thing. Uh, the second one is actually one that Jackie led me on to and it's Insight Timer and I love that one because they have much more long form meditation as well as courses. So that's really great if you want to say, start from the beginning and really learn to meditate over a week, for instance. So every day you're building upon the skill. And I think that that's really cool for beginners as well. If you really want to like commit to doing a daily practice that really builds upon itself so that you can get the full benefit of meditation. But in addition to that, Cheryl, you were showing me that on Spotify, they have lots of like cool guided meditations there. And I know that they have meditation music, which are basically just like, calming music which i like to put on when i want to generate a calming atmosphere as opposed to as i'm sure you can hear in the background the kids screaming and yelling and playing <laughs> so when i'm trying to calm them down i try to put on some soothing music it doesn't always work hint um but maybe for adults it works i don't know 
Um, but yeah, so those are a few different tools that you can use. And, you know, one thing I want to point out too is sometimes for meditation, sometimes it's prayer for, for some people. So it could be just like getting silent, getting still, you know, in your, in your own room or in like a place where that's free of distraction. So just think about the things that you want to pray about, you know, just getting silent, getting, you know, one with God or your maker or whomever that you want to choose and just getting like really internalized on what it is that you want to really focus on. So I find that to be all excellent forms of meditation that everyone can try. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know a ton of our group coaching clients enjoyed it and they got a lot of value from it. And I'm hoping you did as well. In fact, I know you did so much so that you're going to do us a huge favor and go over to iTunes and leave us a review. If you guys are fi- if, I, if you're finding value in what we do, please help us spread the movement by leaving a review, sharing this episode and telling your friends, your family, your grandma, your grandpa, everybody that you know that you think can benefit from this. We'd really appreciate it. And if you want to go ahead and be an above and beyond type of person, go ahead and request to join our private Team Effort Facebook group. We would love to have you if you're a quality person, which you probably are if you're listening to this. So again, thank you guys for your review. Thank you for your support. And I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon. Take care. Have a great Friday.